Welcome to Unsolved Mysteries. Brought with B Sticks Podcast by Cloud Style Broadcasting. Sponsored by Buttered Pop Culture and Monster Wear Clothing. And if, if it ain't Monster Wear, I don't Monster Care. It. Oh, that was it. That's wow. my promotion for the evening. Okay. <laughs> hey, I gave him a slogan. I did it, and it was off the top, and it didn't sound like shit. <laughs> no, it sounded good. I liked it. I liked it, folks. I know today is going to be today is going to be a great night, and I know because I'm wearing my official. My oh, 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 oh. how is it official when my I ain't official... got one? You need to get one. You need to get one. You need to. I need to have a nice sister who gets me one for a holiday. Because I ain't gonna pay for one when you didn't pay for one. I'll get that it for fair. you. I'll get it for you from Monster Wear Clothing. For our anniversary? On fine <laughs> for fine quality beef sticks fucking shit, man. It's yeah, the coolest, man. It's coolest stuff around, man. Dave's not yeah, here. But man, if Dave was here, he'd be wearing Monster Wear clothing, man. <laughs> yes, he would. And you, folks, soon will also be able to dress yourself in the finest Beef Sticks podcast garments because I intend on investing in t-shirts and decals and tattoos for your mom in a tramp stamp format. Yes! We all like to see your mother's tramp stamp as we're pounding It'll stay it behind. It'll beef with an arrow pointing downward. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> stick beef here. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <clears throat> mm. We're starting off kind of lighthearted, folks, and we need to. Because this episode is going to drag you to the deepest, most seedy depths I think we've ever gone in the show. And we've tapped into some conspiracy theories before that have been pretty fucking dark and pretty fucking twisted. Never this depth. Especially when you note that a lot of this isn't conspiracy theories. It's fucking true. This is shit that happened and is happening and will continue to happen. Because... Professional wrestling is a corrupt universe. Yes. It never ceases to amaze, amaze me. And I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Obviously we are. We have this podcast. But it never ceases to amaze me the lows that that wrestling will go to. How deplorable pro wrestling, pro wrestlers, companies, any of that shit can get. It's, it's unfathomable. And this week was really a sick week for for wrestling. It was a this is definitely a dark splotch on the history of pro wrestling. And there's been, like you said, there's been some bad shit. Uh some really bad shit. This week, uh we've missed the last few weeks. We've 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 gotten packed so much into our episodes that we haven't gotten to get into our new our, our new segment that took the place of the Jerry of the week, which is the beef of the week, which is where we, we unload what's been bothering us in the pro wrestling world, whether it's today, yesterday, tomorrow, what it's the beef we have with the pro wrestling world, because as much as we love pro wrestling, 
it has its faults, folks. Just like just like your mother. You love her, but she and has just her faults. It. It's more fun for you guys to listen to us complain about things than to praise things. And um, we figured with this being Black History Month and um, there's been some poignant stuff coming up, now would be a good time to talk about the always the elephant in the room when you're talking about WWE, WWF, is racism. WWF has a long history of, um, you want to say... Racial un- prejudice. Yeah, I was going to say untasteful nice. uh, gimmicks, but yeah, racial pre- pre- uh, prejudice. Their gimmicks have not always been PC. They've not always looked kindly on on certain races. <laughs> and, and, and it goes into today. Now, to be fair... They're racist for every single race. You can go to Wahoo McDaniel, who is the Irish fucking Native American. And you can go to today, (laughs) where Seamus is the Irish heel, or Rusev is the Bulgarian brute, and they just can't get away from... Or Jinder Mahal. Yeah, or Jinder Jinder Mahal, who's who's sitting there. Not only is he a a racial stereotype, but then he's up there making fun of the way... um, uh, uh, Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura, Nakamura talk. talks yeah. and talking about Gajira and shit like that. So, <laughs> um, but being as it's Black History Month and being as the most offended per- people in WWE have always been African American, we are going to speak on the African American racism in WWE because if we talked about all the racism, it would take a whole fucking show. We wouldn't. We wouldn't get past it. It, um, that might also top the darkest episode in B6 podcast history if we did it. Right? But it, we're not going very to. well could. So I want to start <laughs> out with something that's actually happening now. And that is the New Day. Now, from the beginning, the New Day has been pegged as stereotypical. They started out as kind of your, your black Southern Baptist preacher gimmick. And then they moved on, and they've got things like bootios, and we all know that black people are known for... Who would have thought they never would have gotten over with a Baptist choir? <laughs> right? Um, they got bootios, and we all know the stereotype that black men like big butts and black women have black butts. Um, if you look at the um, the cartoon that they have kind of on their shirts and on bootios, it's very reminiscent of the old racist cartoons from back in the 20s and 30s that Disney and um, and Looney Tunes and all those used to put out with the big lips, the wide eyes, the the jolly Negro, if you will, kind of happy and hey. Um, I and, think it's just animation, and I don't think it looks racist. But that's just my take on things. And the fact that... It's easy to be a white man in Africa. Right. And the fact that blacks are stereotypically musically inclined... And um, and according to the white man, they're, they're sexually charged beings. So we constantly have Biggie out there thrusting I'm himself. I'm sure Paige would vouch for that too. <laughs> yes, um, we got them singing and chanting, and we got the so so. There's little things here and there. Well, their newest gimmick is that they come out with a bunch of pancakes. Um, folks, it's hard for me to say the word pancake, so I'm happy. I'm I'm gonna say it straight for y'all. Uncut. 
Because in my Pum house, cocks. well, in my no, in my house we always say Panama cakes. I don't know why they have nothing to do with uh, Panama, but we just always say Panama. Yeah, cakes. in your house you also say breakfast too. I, I do. That's true. I have Panama cakes I, for breakfast. I've never gotten over that. I and have when Panama I go to Casey's and I order my favorite pizza, I always hear <laughs> breakfast pizza in my head. You've corrupted me from like day three. From day three, you corrupted me. So um, so I didn't even know this. Okay, my first thing was, of course, there's the. We all know the most famous syrup in the world is what, Pasty White? My Auntie Jemima? Yes, Aunt Jemima. That's the most famous. And she was a basically a black slave or a black housewoman is what Aunt Jemima was, was based off of. Was then, based off of. She was not a real person. Let's get that point. Not as far as right I know, now. but I mean, she might have been. They might have made her sit there and tap the trees. I don't know whipping her and shit she's like my name is shaniqua and jemima the only one it has to be tapped by by the shaniqua otherwise you're getting god i don't even know other syrup in the, in the middle of uh, in the middle of black history month i just i just turned a spoof of roots on uh, on syrup and Aunt Jemima, which is probably horrible, and I apologize, um, but it's fun anyways, and I you know, I I too am flawed, um, but I, I I recently heard somebody talking about this, and I didn't know about it, so I looked into it, and apparently there is a connection to Sambo. Now I have known the term Little Black Sambo my whole life, or my, not my whole life, but. You know, I think most of us have heard the term Little Black Sambo, and it's just kind of a racial slur to be like just a um, a worker boy, uh, you know, somebody who's just a common worker boy, you just, whatever. A laborer. Yes. Um, so, so I put a little research into this from what I heard, and I looked into it, and I'm just going to explain to you a little bit of the history of Sambo. Sambo is a South Indian black boy who lives with his father and mother, Named his, his his father is named Black Jumbo and his mother's named Black Mumbo and he's Black Sambo. Nothing racist there, Mumbo Jumbo. Um. <laughs> so one day, while walking, takes me back to Banjo Kazooie. Sambo encounters four <laughs> hungry tigers, and surrenders his colorful new clothes, shoes, and umbrella so that they will not eat him. The tigers are vain, and each thinks he is better dressed than the others. They chase each other around a tree until they are reduced to a pool of clarified butter because they have ran so fast. Don't don't, don't ask the science behind it. This is the same kind of shit as Grimm's Fairy Tales, folks, okay? This is like the black version of Grimm's Fairy Tales. Uh, Sambo then recovers his clothes and collects what they call the ghee, which is the clarified butter, and his mother uses that to make pancakes. So there is a direct uh, history of of black folks being connected to pancakes. In my in my research, I actually found there was a chain of restaurants called Little Black Sambo's, which was kind of uh, the precursor to Denny's. They were they were kind of a, a diner, but were most famous for their pancakes. And it had the it had the jolly Negro with the big smiling red lips, you know, and the in the eyelashes and everything, and the white gloves. 
uh, over the sign. It was Little Black Sambo. So there is a real, you know, and they've never explained the pancake thing, which is fine. Um, Austin Aries had a similar thing with the banana. Yeah, I thought that was weird that they just started coming out with pancakes for no reason. Like, they had story behind Bootios. They had story behind New Day Pops. <laughs> and even New Day Socks. Right. Pancakes kind of came out of nowhere. And, and again, like, like I said, it's fine because, like, Austin Aries And you the know they didn't make the them just before they came out. And, uh, they made those things three nights ago. Oh, yeah. They're not the freshest <laughs> and pancakes. Big E couldn't stale. even eat one of them. <laughs> but it's fine. You know, when I first seen it, I just thought it was something... That came from an inside joke like the Austin Aries banana thing. And I didn't think nothing of it. But when I heard about this, it made me think with all... Okay, so so some of the stuff might not be racist. Like you said, Pasty, the cartoons don't look racist to you. Maybe they're not. Um, the gyrating in the music, that might not be racist. I know that Xavier Woods really did play the trombone. That could just be him doing his thing. Why doesn't he do it better? Womp. <laughs> I'm sure I could do that, picking up trombone for the first time in my life. If you have this many stereotypes for an all-black group, they can't all be coincidence is what's in my mind. It, it, It can't all be coincidence. Some of them have to be on purpose, I think. Obviously, Budios is. We know that. I mean, what else could Budios be other than referring to black people's obsession with booties? And, I mean, what else could it be? It's a a reference to eating ass. That's what it is. (laughs) You're eating my Budio. So, um... Lick my asshole, bitch. So there's that. And so that's kind of up front and center today. Even if maybe the New Day doesn't even know about the Sambo gimmick, which, by the way... All three of them are, are highly intelligent individuals, and I, I find it hard oh, to yeah. believe they don't know the connection, but they might not. Let's just say it's some writers in the back fucking laughing and having a good time. It very well could be. We don't know. But this isn't unprecedented, uh, Pasty. This isn't the first time we've seen this with with black folk. Um, let's not even talk about the times they've done blackface with like uh, Piper and X-Pac. And let's forget the time that Vince literally called Booker T the N-word on live TV. We'll, we'll just, we're, we're talking about the actual black people. Those were all white people. You had, who, by the way, is one of my favorites. And, uh, and, and he's been having such a hard time lately, and I feel so bad for him, and he's got to go find me things going on. But Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Yeah. He, they took a man, a black man, they put him in face paint, they put a war tribe mask on him. They they painted stars on his titties and a moon on his belly, gave him a spear, and gave him a handler in a safari hat. Treated him like he couldn't speak English. I know there was even... I was just watching not too long ago, uh, WWE Network now has the Coliseum videos on on the network. And um, so they're, they're not pay-per-views, but they were matches that were just put out on the videos. And on one of the videos... Um, spliced in between the matches is um, is uh, uh, Slick. I want to was it Slick? I want to say it was Slick, the manager trying to teach uh, uh, Kamala how to bowl, and Kamala's like scared of the ball until he draws uh, stars and a moon on it, and he's 
you know, just acting like this this jungle beast, not even human. It's horrible. Mark Henry, there was a period in time when he was going by the, the nickname the Silverback. You cannot tell me that's not racist. Right. There was Papa Shango, another one that I loved as a kid, but Papa Shango was a voodoo priest. This is the man who went on to become the godfather in Kama Mustafa, which, by the way, Kama Mustafa is also pretty racist. But, I mean, he was a black Expose voodoo priest. the godfather. Priest. The godfather is extremely racist. Black men pimp hoes, smoke weed. Um, <laughs> Virgil, everybody remembers Virgil. That was Ted DiBiase's quote-unquote personal servant, a black man who served a rich white man. We had crime time. Crime time were these gangsters who they literally on sh- on TV were showing them robbing from people on Raw. Like they were coming out of dressing rooms holding shit and then the cameras would see them and they'd be like, oh shit, run! Stupid. Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas. The great Tony Atlas. They dressed him up in African headdress with a spear and called him Saba Simba. For shit's sake. It was, it was fucked up. And then let's not forget... When they turned the one the junkyard dog into or not the the one the one man gang into Akeem the African Dream. Now it's been stated many times this was a direct uh, kind of attack at Dusty Rhodes the American Dream, but this gimmick involved a former one man gang dressed in African garb, dancing in a mocking fashion to African tribal dance and speaking in stereotypical black accent. It was filmed in an American ghetto, which was dubbed... <laughs> this is just horrible. The ghetto was dubbed the deepest, darkest parts of Africa, folks. Okay? Oh, it was God. sick. It's just wrong on so many levels. It pokes fun at starvation in Africa by calling a big, fat, white man the African dream. Like, the best thing you could become is a fat, white man. It pokes fun at Africans in general, whether black or white. It pokes fun at African Americans through stereotyping their speech and their dance and where they live. It WWE has not only a history, but are currently going out of their way to promote racial stereotypes. And it's sad and it's kind of disgusting. It doesn't get talked about enough because this is a company... That every week during Black History Month, month... A publicly traded company. Yeah. They they go out and they talk about all these various different African heroes. They have their black wrestlers, who, by the way, are never going to be world champion, on there talking about who they idolize. Vince McMahon has come out and said that uh, Martin Luther King is one of his heroes. The, no owner of any basketball team, no owner of any baseball team, no owner of any NFL team has come out and said that Martin Luther King is one of their heroes. But Vince McMahon says it. And he backs shit up by putting this kind of shit out there. I wonder if he thinks that that's what it would be considered as embracing their heritage. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mel- Vince has a weird well way of might. thinking. He's definitely out of the loop. He's not in touch with today. We know that. He could, but there's other people working there that have to be, who have to see it and should say something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, even like the New Day, that baffles me because they're popular enough. They sell enough merchandise. They have to be able to step up and say, whoa, 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 pancakes. Come on. You would think. I don't know. It does. It bothers me, though. It bothers me as as a pale individual who's somebody who can walk around and, and, and act white all the live long day who doesn't have to deal with this shit on a daily basis, it bothers me. I can't imagine how, how other African Americans watching this feel. Yeah, it's, it's definitely rough. And the sad thing is, I don't see WWE getting away from it anytime soon. Racial stereotypes are the basis for characters that get over... And that's really all that matters to Vince. And it's it, that's true, but if you're an artist, and I would I would consider most writers artists, that's lazy writing. Like, hey, we have this this big tall, we'll say Punjabi guy, even though he's Canadian. Let's just make him an evil Punjab and give him two other Indian guys to be his lackeys and call him the modern-day Maharaja because that's Indian. It's it's lazy writing. There, You could do a thousand and one things with that character. You don't. He doesn't have to have anything to do with where he's from. It's a very easy, very it lazy It may be lazy tool. writing. I do got to give credit, not necessarily to the writers, but in the last few weeks, Jinder Mahal has been on point. I'm starting to like him a lot. Almost as much as I'm enjoying Rusev at this point in time. Well, he's in he's in the right spot. And and I and I don't doubt that, and that's the man himself. But he could be in that spot without being the Punjab modern day Maharaja. Right. You know, he could be he could be what Seth Rollins is. He could be what AJ Styles and... is. He could be what any of these he could be <laughs> Elias. They could have put him in a ponytail and a and a guitar and had him come out there and do it. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see, because I know Rusev was talking about it recently, how how he, he's been typecast as the, the evil foreign guy, and he wants to break that mold, and I think 2018 will kind of be the year where we see if he's even allowed to do that. And he kind of, he's Rusev got the entire universe behind him currently. Yeah, he kind of already kind has of. broken past that. Um, he hasn't He hasn't gotten anything from it. They don't no. even have tag team gold. He's done you it all I mean? himself. And he's a good example. I love it because I think it was two weeks ago. They were out there talking about uh, Shane McMahon was talking about we come out there and we give you what you want. It's your show. And they chanted Rusev Day. Rusev Day. The, the moment he said we want to give you what you want, the whole arena chanted Rusev Day. Later that night, Rusev fucking lost his match. The next fucking week, Rusev <laughs> lost his match. You fuckers are not giving the people what they want. They want Rusev. Put Rusev over, you dumb fucks. He is over. Put him over. Yeah, he's a great example of them just them fighting what's working. He's, a, he's in uh, the Daniel Bryan syndrome. The whole world's behind him, but WWE is not. And that's with with or without um um uh, um not Adrian um not Adrian uh, what what the fuck's his name the singer oh god 
Anyways, with or without him, uh, if it works, yeah. it, if, if he stays with them, that's good. They can do good as a tag team. If he breaks away from them, that's great. He'll do great on his own. You know, with or without him, it's going to be awesome. But um, they need to do something with him before before it's too late, before he gets Dolph Ziggler. Ziggled? You don't want to be ziggled. You don't want to be ziggled unless you have a safe word. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. My ass is still sore. Fuck. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh do God. Have, do you have any more to say on the beef? I mean, that's that's kind of our beef here, and there's a lot to say on it. But it's sad, but graphic. it's still the stereotyping still runs rampant, and and people are seemingly okay with it because it's entertaining. <sighs> It's it's a difficult area though. I mean think about think about Sima. Think about um Django Unchained for reference. That is an example of racism but entertaining racism. Yeah, but Django killed all the white dudes and and didn't He did. He didn't dress up in war paint and and have a white man explain to him what a bowling ball was. Okay. I think yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying. They still show racism in 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 TV nowadays, but I think if they showed racism in the same way WWE does, I don't think it would get over. I think the best example is they've recently remade uh, Song of the South, which is an extremely fucking... Did they? Uh, no, 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 not, not Song of the South. I'm sorry. Um, that's that's the racist Disney say. movie, which <laughs> would be awesome for them to fucking remake. I never even saw that um, movie. Um, no, like, no, I Nation. Um, when I was a kid, and, and the one where... He's singing to the birds or whatever Zip-a-dee. was on there, and that's how I always knew about that. No, um, 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 uh, Birth of a Nation. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. I meant they're, they're both extremely racist movies. Birth of a Nation is is ex- disgustingly racist, <laughs> very different than Song of the South. Um, they they recently remade Birth of a Nation, and Birth of the Nation is basically, it, no, what it is. The original Birth of a Nation movie was our heroes who are the Ku Klux Klan going through and stopping and killing and destroying these sex crazed, crazy black men from terrorizing the good white folk. That's what that movie was literally all about. That's the description of the movie. They remade birth of a nation and they literally made it a bunch of black people standing up against whites who are, who are being treated unfairly and being uh, uh, um, um, uh, brought down and, and, and mistreated. And so you can see in cinema, they don't do the same things they used to. You, you'd watch King Kong and they were the tribal men dressed up and stuff and witch doctors and shit. In, in the King Kong they have nowadays, you don't have that because we know better. I don't think, in, in all honesty, I don't think cinema could get away with the shit that WWE gets away with now. I can't see cinema making a fucking little black Sambo uh, movie. I, I can't. No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch it if they put it out just to see what the fuck, 
just to fucking see it. But <laughs> I'd, I'd do it illegally, though. I wouldn't want to give anybody any views or any money. I'd, I'd do it illegally. Don't get me wrong. Right. Don't need to support the fuckers. But I'd be curious as shit. Uh, yes folks that is the beef of the week actually it's the beef of last week it's stale beef stale beef (laughs) that's the kind of beef beef. that's the kind of beef though that never gets old it's it and it won't it won't Uh, no it's already old it's stale beef (laughs) but a hundred years from now i i could almost fucking guarantee it a hundred years from now People are going to be talking about how these black people are being misrepresented into, in whatever medium they have at that time. It's sad but true. I wish I, I, I wish I thought our world would evolve better than that, but I don't. I think a hundred years from now, it's going to be the same fucking topic of discussion. Because a hundred years ago, it was the same topic of discussion. You know, I, I can only hope that when. Vince McMahon is finally stepping away from WWE and somebody else takes over that things will change. We hope. We all hope. We hope. Now on to some more. And they try. They've been trying in the last few years. Oh, we're not racist. How are you not racist? The New Day is the longest reigning tag team champions in history. It's not enough. No. It's not enough if you're going to keep portraying stereotypical characters. Stop that shit. You're doing it with women. Let's yep. have an ethnic revolution. Right? <laughs> and let's be honest. At least Vince McMahon and, and the writers and the higher-ups don't consider any belt other than the universal and the world belt anything. They're all just props. The U.S., right. the IC, mm-hmm. the TAG, the 205 Live, the Village NXT. The, they, don't, they don't mean anything. You can let anybody have the belt. Once we get, once we get like, a real black champion, I'll be impressed. I'll be impressed. And, yes, we, I guess, I guess I, I, now I've opened up that can of worms and I'll have to address the elephant in the room, which is The Rock. And I do not take anything away from The Rock's African-American heritage. His father, Rocky Johnson, was an amazing African-American athlete and pro wrestler. And The Rock is black. He's Samoan, he's black, he's animated, he is everything. The reason I don't consider The Rock the first black WWF champion is because I don't think he was given the championship because he was Rocky Johnson's son. I think he was given the championship because of the Anawai family connections. He was pushed as a Samoan. He has the Samoan drop. He has the tribal tattoos. He's not pushed as a black wrestler. He's pushed as a Samoan wrestler. They talk about Roman Reigns being his cousin. And they talk about the Usos and Umaga. They they haven't talked about any black person related to him other than his father. So yes, The Rock is a black man who was WWE champion. But I feel WWE made him a Samoan champion, not a black champion. 100% opinion. No facts to back that up. That's me stating my opinion. Ron uh, uh, Ron Simmons is the first uh, black champion. But that's WCW. And he did an awesome job. And he was great. 
Right. And he became a joke in WWE. And also. I mean, we could we could list a whole list of people who were in WWE and and never went anywhere and then left WWE and were huge stars anywhere they went and then came back to what Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Let's go there. Ron I Ron mean, Killings, our truth. He was NWA champion in TNA. Yep. Booker, and he's a fucking joke in the WWE. Booker T was multi-time, five-time champion in WCW. Five-time, 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 five-time. Five-time. Now, to be fair, I think he won the big gold belt in WWE, but that was at a time... That was at a time there was the WWE belt and the WCW belt, and they looked at that belt about the same as the Intercontinental or U.S. title, in my opinion, again. Uh, Mark Henry was ECW champion, and again, I don't think they looked at the ECW title as anything. If you hear it slightly, is it okay if I put cans? But if you hear it slightly, in there, yeah, it might be a little loud. Close the door. Close it. Okay. So, are you ready to move on to more dark shit? Oh yeah, let's go deeper into the rabbit hole, if you will. You wouldn't fathom. You wouldn't fathom there'd be more shit. There's so much more shit, folks. I can't believe we're starting the news notes and rumors section with possibly the biggest story of our show. Quite possibly, but literally. We're not joking, I hope, folks. I hope you guys are ready for a ride. When <laughs> when the Mac brought this up to me, I read through this thing like three different times. Like, holy <laughs> shit, this would make a great movie. <laughs> Not only would it, it literally is a movie, but not with, without the pro wrestling connection. I want him to remake it and add this motherfucker. So, folks, if you if you haven't heard this last week, well, let me let me just start. I bet you to say a lot of people haven't heard because I haven't heard shit about this other than on our weekly one note. So, a story that was literally on the first season of Unsolved Mysteries. Okay, do you, do you kids remember that? You kids don't. Some of us older folks do. There was a sh- there was I used a show to watch out that there with my grandma. It had the creepiest music, which uh, uh, some of you listening to Spreaker have probably already heard now. Um, creepiest fucking music, and they literally put out real unsolved mysteries and tried to get people. They gave a hotline and you could call in, and a lot of uh, missing people, murders, uh, a lot of stuff was solved through this show. It's amazing. Go go on Wikipedia or Google it. Okay, check it out. So anyways, this episode featured the deaths of two high schoolers in Arkansas by the name of Don Henry and Kevin Ives. Now these two boys, they went out hunting one night and never came home. They were later found on the railroad tracks nearby by a train conductor who fucking ran them over. (laughs) That's how they were discovered. I found them! (laughs) Yeah, right? They're pancakes. <laughs> fucking nuts. Ooh, Italian. <laughs> pancakes, fucking Sambo. Damn it all. Um, <laughs> according to the Maybe that was New Day's way of breaking the story <laughs> right? before anybody else did. Right? <laughs> they've, they've been trying to tell you for months now. They've been, they've been dropping hints. <laughs> According to the conductor, the boys never attempted to move. They just laid there, and he couldn't stop the train in time, which makes sense. 
it's not right. It takes a long time. fucking time to stop a train moving yeah. at full and speed. And two little kids laying down on the track. You, it's probably you're not gonna see it. You know, I'm surprised that the train conductor saw them at all. He might not have until he ran him over. Who knows? It might have got blood on the fucking windows, and he's like, "Oh shit!" So toxicology. <laughs> Gotta stop the train. <laughs> toxicology reports found marijuana in the boy's system, and the deaths were ruled accidental. Painting the picture of two stoned teenagers passing out on the tracks after hitting the ganja too hard. Which, we've all done. You smoke a little too much weed, you lay down on train tracks. I mean, everybody's been there, right? All the fucking time. Exactly. But, (laughs) there was a lot about the case that left people uneasy and suspicious. It looked almost like a cover-up. Local police were behaving strange... Well, enough evidence was found for a grand jury to actually overrule the initial findings, with the belief being the boys were in fact murdered, and one, if not both, were dead before the train ever hit them. Now, there's actually a movie and a book about this incident out, entitled The Boys on the Tracks, which I have not gotten to. I want to go and watch that. I was hoping to watch it before I did this, but I didn't. So I haven't seen it Hey, we'll watch it. We'll talk about it on Buttered Pop Culture. It'd be a good one. Now enter former WWF talent Billy Jack Haynes, who was employed by WWF when this all went down in 1987. Um, he was a mid-card guy. Some of you might not know him. Some of you might, but he was never a big player. He has now come forward to claim that he not only witnessed Kevin and Don's murder, but he helped to place their bodies on the train tracks and partake in the subsequent cover-up of this crime. He claims he was a drug trafficker while he was working for the WWF. He states he received a call from a local politician in Arkansas, who also happens to be a big-time drug dealer, and was hired as security for a drug drop. Apparently, they were using the tracks by the woods as a location to drop parcels of drugs and or money out of airplanes. According to Haynes, some of the drops had been stolen lately, and Billy Jack was hired as a heavy, if you will, to make sure the delivery was successful and nothing went wrong. He claims the drop was being received by local police. Now, yes, folks, I stated that correctly. They weren't being intercepted by local police. They were being received by local police, implying that not only are big-time politicians involved, but now the police are involved also in this drug syndicate, as well as a WWF wrestler. As they were the ones moving the product, the police. Now, he agreed to the job, and this is where he claims to have witnessed the murder of the two boys. He claims on August 23rd of 1987, he was on those train tracks in Arkansas and seen exactly what happened. He says he realizes coming forward like this could land him in prison or even get him killed. But he says he felt he had to give the families closure. Now, he states he wasn't taking any drugs at the time, but he was transporting cocaine from Arkansas to his home state of Oregon. So, apparently, Billy Jack Haynes was the only wrestler in WWF not taking drugs in 1987, Pasty. Right. Sounds legit. Now, if you line up the time frame, two days before the murders, Haynes wrestled King Kong Bundy in a whipping match on a house show in Detroit. There are witnesses and printed results of the show, so we know he was there. On the day of the murders, 
WWF ran three different house shows. Billy Jack Haynes was not on any of them. So he did have the opportunity to be there. There's no discrepancy in the timeline that anybody knows of at this point. Now, I'm going to read a part of a story ran on KATV, which is Little Rock's ABC affiliate news report. So this is all quoted from them from now until I tell you I'm done reading it. They said, Haynes says drugs were regularly being dropped along a set of train tracks near the Pulaski-Saline County line, and a recent drop had been intercepted. Haynes was being asked to make sure that did not happen again. He says they were parked here in this field when the airplane came over, dropped parachutes with duffel bags, and he watched people pick those duffel bags up and leave the area. There that night, according to Haynes, were three members of law enforcement, two attorneys, a club owner, a partridge in a pear tree, and two people in the van whom he never saw. I made up the partridge in the pear tree, folks, if you didn't catch that. All of, a, news. all of a sudden, Billy Jack hears a gunshot go off. He hears a motorcycle going down the tracks. At that point, one of the guys says, according to Haynes, Go get him! Two guys jumped in a car here and sped off. Ives and Henry had told their parents that they were going to take a twenty-two rifle and a flashlight to go spotlighting deer that night. Deer hunting, I assume. Arkansas for deer hunting. I don't fucking know. Billy Jack Haynes says the two teenage boys were caught by two of the lawmen about a mile away from the Alexander convenience store. Billy Jack said they threw the kids down on the ground and that one of them was already dead, beaten to death. According to Billy Jack, he didn't kill the boys at all, but he did participate in disposing them. He describes his role in the, ev in the events that night he assisted with getting them up on the tracks and laying the rifle down next to the boys once they were placed on the tracks to make it look like they had fallen asleep or passed out there. Haynes believes that both boys were dead before the train hit them, and that is why they didn't move. He has recorded a 21-minute-long video confessing to his involvement and naming the others who he says were involved. Now, August 23rd, 1987, 30 years ago, he says, I was on the railroad tracks in Alexander, Arkansas, and witnessed everything that happened to two young boys on the tracks. Those are the words of Billy Jack Haynes recorded in early December in Arkansas. Haynes was actually visiting Larry and Linda Ives, the parents of one of the boys, in their Benton home, providing an apology that the pair has been waiting for for over 30 years. After I read this statement to you, all coming from my heart, he says, I myself could very well be behind bars. I don't know and I don't care. The truth is going to come out so this woman, Linda Ives, which is the mother, can have a life. Uh, private investigator Keith uh, Ronceval says that Billy Jack Haynes has put himself in jeopardy, not only his freedom, but his life, so that's why they're believing him at this point. He is investigating the boys on the tracks case for the Ives family. Um, he took the, the, the uh, uh, station, the KATV, to the place where three decades ago the mystery began and remains unsolved. He's... He said he stood right here at the bottom, said Roan Zavall, pointing to the area near a trestle, 
and the bodies were right up there. He heard the train horn or whistle blowing and heard the screeching of the train trying to stop. Haynes visited the site with Roosevelt for the first time since 1987, apparently. Now, what makes this worse and gets so fucking muddy is Billy Jack is not the most credible guy in the world. He once claimed Vince McMahon was Daniel Benoit's real father, and Vince either murdered the Benoit family or had them killed and covered up after Chris Benoit found out about Vince and Nancy having an affair. Um, that was all said and recorded on an RF video shoot. It's on YouTube, folks. You can find it. Okay, look up Billy Jack Haynes' RF video. He actually has blamed Vince for many wrestlers' deaths, and he even challenged Stone Cold Steve Austin to a fight in UFC once, going as far as putting up a million dollars of his own money. Now, to add more fucking discrepancy or, or, or reason to doubt him, also in this video, that he, this 21-minute video that he put out, he's hawking a GoFundMe for this case, allegedly. The problem is, this is such a sensitive matter, and this man is not credible at all. But the question remains, why would you put yourself at risk like this? Putting his, his life and his freedom at risk. This is very uneasy. This whole ordeal, from beginning to end, from the boys first getting killed and nobody knowing what's going on in a cover-up, to now Billy Jack Haynes coming forward but having so many questions about his... You know, you know, I mean, he's admitting to it. But can you always believe an admission of guilt? Oh! Pa- <laughs> I've talked a lot. Pasty, let me know what you feel on this whole fucking case, this whole thing. Oh, this is, this is tough, man. <clears throat> I, I want to believe it. I really do want to believe that Billy Jack Haynes needs to get this off his chest before his time is up. I, I would I would assume somebody who was a part of that 30 years ago has been plagued by guilt ever since. Why would you have a GoFundMe for this? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that and I mean doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, you could do it to try yeah, to... I, I, haven't, I haven't researched it, so I don't know if it's, like, for the family. I don't know if it's to uh, raise funds to investigate the case and try to, you know, open it up. So I'm not exactly sure what it's for. Um, and one thing I do want to point out, all the shitty shit this guy has done, from, from dealing drugs to accusing Vince McMahon of murdering, let's say he did all this stuff and he's a bad guy. There's probably a big difference, and I haven't killed a lot of people, but there's probably a big difference in doing really bad things and ending a child's life. So it is possible that he was involved in this, and like you said, it is possible his conscience is raking him. It's like he's done all these bad things, but ending a child's life is too much for him to handle. I believe that's possible. Yeah. Crazy. It's difficult. His story sounds so believable because nobody would ever fall asleep on fucking train tracks. 
No. Okay. Yeah. I, and the fact that the cops tried to chalk it up <laughs> to the fact that they smoked too many reefers and fell asleep. <laughs> that's totally the mentality from 30 years ago. Yeah, because that's... fucking people who didn't do, do it didn't know shit about it. And they just wanted to get out to be criminal and evil and bad. And that's how they did. Yeah, I think we all have to admit, whether or not Billy Jack Haynes was involved, the story of them fucking getting high and passing out of the train tracks is bullshit. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just bullshit. Whether or not Billy Jack Haynes has anything to do with anything or knows what he's talking about, that's right. bullshit. There was something fishy going on. Definitely. And let's be honest, you, you'd politicians get high and, and police... You'd sit by the train tracks, leaned up against the tree... Watching the train, maybe have a penny on the tracks. Right. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah, and you know, corrupt politicians and police and them being involved in drugs is is a very real thing. Yeah, that is nothing new at all. So that's very possible. And let's be honest, those people have gone to great lengths to prevent themselves from being caught. This, This isn't the first time people would have been murdered to protect a politician or a police officer. So my, my thing though, is if this was politicians and club owners and cops, why didn't they disappear? The WWF guy, why would you just let him to go and continue well, existing? If he was somebody that he would be with, the loose string, if they, obviously, if he was somebody very they, obviously he would be the loose string. Well, if he was somebody they've worked with for a long time, if he's been running drugs and ran drugs after that, why would he come forward? He's just as into it as they are, right? Yeah. I mean, for all we know, he was working. I mean, he he's admitted to running drugs from, uh, what was it? Um, uh, from Arkansas to Oregon. There you go, yeah. So, I mean... Who, he didn't say he stopped after this. For all you know, he kept running drugs for them after that. Why would he come forward? He's making money. He's just as into it as they are. He, If he did help put the boys on the tracks, he's just as guilty as the people that killed him. I guess, I, to me, that's not a big, uh, big leap of faith to believe they would have left him alive. And let's be honest, more people are going to look into a... I wouldn't say celebrity, but a well-known wrestler than they are going to look into two stoned potheads, teens, right? Right. Why Why add one more body to it? When you have a good story, I mean, you got the story of the kid smoking reefer and passing out on the tracks. What's going to be your story for the pro wrestler? He was just smoking doobies with him also? Yeah. Well, you'd leave some drugs by him and say he overdosed, you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't on drugs, Pasty White. Come on. Didn't you listen to him? <laughs> 1987 WWF he wasn't on drugs (laughs) I don't believe that and I hate that that might be the one fact that unravels his entire story and you know when I when I read this the first time I thought to myself you're admitting to helping you're not admitting to killing the kids but you're admitting to covering up murder you're admitting to trafficking drugs across straight state lines why wouldn't you just fucking admit to using drugs? That's the least of the fucking charge. My <laughs> God. Why wouldn't you admit? Like, why would you lie about that? I don't know if he thinks it makes him less credible. Like, they're going to say, well, he was on drugs. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That's my only guess. But, yeah, that's the least. 
fucking thing you could get charged with is snorting a line of coke after you helped fucking cover up the murder of two kids and trafficked drugs across state lines. Fucking weird. It's fucking weird! Is this... This shit's weird. This is like... I'm kind of giddy because this is kind of the craziest news fucking week we've ever had, Pasty White. It really is. It really is. And holy shit, man. From 30 fucking years ago. Just come out now. There was a movie about this. this A fucking movie. I guess we'll see. If Billy Jack puts out a book in the next year about if people start falling for this though, if if if, if ex police officers and whoever was involved that is still alive to this day, if they start falling for this, then yeah, <clears throat> I really do want to believe this is true. But like you said, he's not the most credible guy in the world, claiming that Vince was Daniel Benoit's father, and he had the Benoit family killed. Although I'm inclined to believe that. Well, he's not the only person who's ever said that. Let's be honest. Right. And I'm inclined to believe that Vince has had a lot of wrestlers killed because he's that kingpin. He's got those powers. We've talked about it We've on the show before. We've talked about it here. That's why I knew you'd love he this. He killed I knew the you'd ultimate warrior. I knew you'd eat it up. How can you... <laughs> how can... How can you... I would love for somebody to sit here and argue with me that Vince did not have anything to do with the Ultimate Warrior's death. Because the Ultimate Warrior basically said it in his Hall of Fame speech. (laughs) He knew he wasn't going to be alive a week from that day. It was eerie. He knew it. Super eerie. That speech is super eerie. Seriously, and if you haven't watched it, get on the WWE Network. Go watch it now. You're going to see... Some and remember, shit. he died less than a week after he said that speech. Just keep that in your in your mind. Yes. <laughs> yes. Talking about passing the torch on to the next Warriors, and when his energy re- releases from his vessel, yada, yada, yada. And, and according, to, according to Dana Warrior and all that, she had no idea he was, like, terminally ill or was going to die anytime soon. If you talk to anybody who was close to him, his family, his friends, nobody said they knew he was terminally ill and would die soon. It came out of nowhere to them right. also. It's not like he had a disease that was eating at him he knew about. And, and WWE covers it up by making the Warrior Award in his honor. And buying off his wife, WWE basically. WWE covered up them killing off Eddie Guerrero. By bringing Vicky Guerrero into the fold and paying her off for years and years and years. It might be bullshit, folks, but... But it might not. It might not at all. It might not at all, because Vince is fucked in the head. He's God. We know this through storyline. He, he beat God in a wrestling match. He beat God in a fucking wrestling match on pay-per-view. This, I'm not making this up, folks. If you don't know about it, go fucking watch it. Vince McMahon literally beat God in a pay-per-view match. Uh. It's, it's true. It's damn true, as Kurt Angle would say. The one thing I don't believe out of this whole thing 
is that he put up a million dollars of his own money to challenge Stone Cold Steve Austin to a fight in the UFC. Billy Jack does not have a million dollars because I don't know who the fuck he is. Nobody's buying his merch. I believe he does. I believe he challenged him to a million dollars of it. I just, I, I don't think he had the million to back it up. Drugs to this day. <laughs> I don't think he had the million to back it up, but I believe he said he put a million on the line to fight Stone Cold. I just don't believe he had the million to back it up. <sighs> so let's scandalous. Let's let's. Get I live the- for this shit. I I love it. Let's get into more scandalous, dirty, dark fucking shit. It isn't over, folks. This isn't it. It's not just racism in the WWE and murdered teenagers. We got more sick shit. Sick shit. It's a fucked up week. Now, some of you, you may have handle- heard. Yep. Some of you may have heard of a website called TNAMecca.com. It's a website for very passionate Impact fans. This site was run by a man named Chris Regal. And over a year ago, news broke that he had passed away after battling cancer. It was sad. Some people celebrated it because it was a very controversial website. But some people were were extremely saddened. Well, last summer, rumors ran rampant that the man may have faked his own death. There were family members that were writing things about the wrestling business, specifically a brother and sister of his. But the writing of the two siblings were so similar, and both were oddly similar to Regal's writing style, and people started talking. Claims came out of it being Chris masquerading as these two quote-unquote siblings. Well... As Jesus arises from the tomb, Chris Regal has posted a blog on TNA Mecca. He said he admitted that he tried to commit suicide at the end of 2016. His family stepped in and saved his life, but before the attempt, he made up a story to his friends, family, co-workers, and the followers of the website that he was dying from cancer. And he is now coming clean about the whole ordeal. Um, so he didn't murder <sighs> kids, but this guy made up having cancer and faked his own death. A lot of people out there, I, I have family members who have dealt with cancer, who have died of cancer, who have cancer currently. Um, I'm not super cancer power like some people are, but this is super disrespectful. Hashtag fuck cancer. <laughs> This is super disrespectful to people who are suffering from any type of cancer or or family members who have lost loved ones from cancer or who are battling cancer. And you know what? The fucker faked his own death. It was just dirty to begin with. Pasty, rant on. I hate when people do this. I hate when people do this. I hate when people fucking do this. God! And this has happened in my realm of human beings as well, where somebody's getting a lot of hate on Facebook or shit for posting stupid shit about their life that nobody cares about. And then the next thing you know, they're posting from a fake account saying, good job, guys. She killed herself. And then it came out hours later that she's a fucking liar. That kind of shit pisses me off. And honestly, 
I believe it should be a law that if you fake your own death and it's found out that you did, you should be shot. I don't Plain know that you should simple. be shot, but you should. I mean, you, there should be some kind of legal repercussion. I think it's a crime. I do think it's a crime to fake your own death. I believe it's fraud. I mean, you're, you're frauding a lot yeah. of different jurisdictions, so you're definitely going to come. You have to. I mean, you're not paying taxes if you're dead. So right there, the IRS has you. And I, hey, what worse fucking fate is there than to have to answer to the IRS, <laughs> I guess? I don't know. <coughs> Sick. Sick it's, motherfucker. Uh, it is fucking horrible. And TNA and this has man a is bad enough horrible. name as it is. Why does this man have to drug their name down even worse? Right. For Impact Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sickening. Fuck mo- this man. Moving on. I shit, hate you. Shit can't be any worse. I mean, somebody, somebody helped clean up two kids being killed. Somebody faked cancer in their death. It's not like two people who are connected to the wrestling industry would fake cancer and fake their death. So let's move on and see what the next topic is. No. Uh, So moving on. Abby Arthur is an editor for a wrestling news site, or she was, and a reoccurring guest host on the podcast, The Angry Marks. She conned everybody into believing she had been suffering from late stage cancer and that she needed help with medical bills. She had a GoFundMe set up last summer where people donated more than $10,000 to this cunt. I remember when this shit was going on. Last week, her story, too, came unraveled. Folks, people began to get suspicious because she was posting pictures of her with IVs in her arms and hooked up to medical machines and the whatnot. Her face, though, was never shown in the pictures... People started doing reverse image searches and found that they were pics from all over the fucking internet websites, blog, oh, excuse me, internet website blogs from other posters who actually fucking had cancer. Folks then called her out on it and she started blocking them. She deleted all her old tweets. She ended up shutting down her account. Other accounts would pop up though that were connected to her. Now get this. Apparently, she was fucking on parole for her last scam while she's doing all of this shit. And wouldn't you know it, pasty, she died too! Son of a bitch! (laughs) Then someone posting as her sister posted, quote, You people are responsible for her death. She killed herself. You should feel terrible. It was then revealed that this quote-unquote sister was in fact Abby Arthur herself, who is alive and well and faked her own death on top of faking cancer. What is it with these people having to write on the internet as their siblings? If you just stay off the fucking internet, nobody would know and you'd just be dead forever! (laughs) Right. Do it like Pac did and just fucking disappear. Is this not just... Never to be heard from again. So let's say this. This is disgusting. But fucking pasty, what are the odds that two people are going to get outed for faking cancer and faking their own deaths all in the same week? Pretty crazy, I'm sure this isn't the end of it. I'm sure this is not the end of it. So now, not only are there two people who are faking cancer and fake their death, but they have connections to the fucking wrestling community. The odds are pretty astro-fucking-nomical that that would all come out in the same week. 
Like I, I don't met, know, man. I mean, it's fucking. In nuts. the last few years, there's been a lot of posting about about sick wrestlers or wrestlers whose houses have burnt down, and here's a GoFundMe. Give them your money. I'm willing to bet over half of them are fake. That's the problem with these crowdfunding sites, and it makes me feel like a terrible human being for using them for a legitimate reason, like powering our business. Exactly, we have them. (laughs) Folks, I have cancer. Please go to our Patreon and donate money monthly to Cloud Style Broadcasting. Cloud Style Broadcasting will use every penny for high-end cancer research to save my life. Save my life, folks. Folks, I have, I have liver cancer. cancer. Oh, I wait. Have... I am a cancer. I Never have... mind. I have Hashtag cancer. fuck cancer. Do and it. I'm, I'm, I'm a cancer. To... Fuck I'm trying cancer. to drink more, and I have liver cancer, and I need a new liver so that I can continue to drink, folks. <laughs> so if you would go to our GoFundMe page and get me a new liver so I could continue to drink like like, like Frank on Chainless. <clears throat> it... This it is, is terrible. Shameless. Wild... You gotta talk about Shameless. Kirsten started watching Shameless, and, and I just happened to catch the episode where he's with the widow, and she gets all bondagey, and he's like, we gotta have a safe... She's like, we gotta have a safe word. He's like, okay, how about stop? And then she pulls out the big dildo, and then Kirsten shut it off. Spoiler fucking alert, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Do, do you mind if I spoil something that isn't really big to the storyline? Go ahead, because I, I'm not intending on watching it currently anyway. Oh, it's, it's an awesome show. You should. Anyway, I, I understand. One, one day he ends up waking up in Mexico because he's, you know, he's a drug addict. He doesn't, we never find out how he got there. He just wakes up in Mexico one day. He's trying to get back to the States. He ends up getting back because he can fit the most fucking drugs up his ass out of anyone <laughs> any of the fucking drug mulers have ever seen because she stretched his ass so much with all of her toys. That's amazing. That's how he gets That's back amazing. to the States. He ends up becoming like a And I'll probably watch the show eventually, but, but honestly... It's awesome. If, it's a great if I want to see a bunch of nudity, I want to watch porn. I don't like a lot of gratuitous you know nudity in TV. It's, honest, it's okay, but it's not really for me. No, to be honest, they, they, they probably have more nudity and sex scenes than I'm even comfortable watching. Um, I like to watch this show, and every it's hard because I, I watch it because it's a normal show. But then, like, I'll watch it when, my, when the kids are around, and it's like I almost have to have, if they're, I have to have my hand on the remote because I don't know when the kids are going to come in if there's some crazy sex scene going on. So I will agree that I think it has more nudity and sex right. in it. Needs. And there is. But it's an awesome show, and it is. And I love Frank Gallagher. He's my hero. If I could live like Frank Gallagher, he's the happiest man on earth. He may be the worst, most deprived like man on earth, but he's the happiest man on earth. Because he never, he never has to care about anyone but himself. Isn't that the ultimate... I mean, isn't that the ultimate? Yeah. I don't. Anyways, let's move <laughs> on to, to happier shit. Well, I don't know if it's happier, but I think it's happier. Johnny Gargano. He lost a career-ending match to Andrade Cien Almas on NXT this week, folks. So it's not so much happier. Yeah. Um, now, this means he must leave NXT. 
not WWE, but he must leave NXT. Although, General Manager William Regal announced that Johnny Wrestling may fulfill his scheduled NXT dates before being terminated, which I think either includes or will include a match against Ciampa at um, WrestleMania weekend, whatever uh, NXT WrestleMania is. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be. But I want to see that match. We have to see that fucking he match. Lo- he lost the pending match. He's got to be fired. But it's just not right now, guys. Because <laughs> we've already recorded all the episodes. <laughs> and it doesn't work out for us. No, that's dumb. So at this God. point, it seems that Gargano will either go to the main roster or 205 Live. I could see him ending up in either... <laughs> I don't know what's best for him. I think 205 Live, it, they just keep bringing in more people. I don't care that everybody you're bringing in currently is losing to the people who've been around since 205 Live started. Because kind of that's the way it should be. You have your established guys yep. there. They should be beating the new people coming in. Correct. I agree with that. I, 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 want, I do want more exciting talent on 205 Live, and it needs it. It does. I, Gargano's yeah. awesome. I'm I'm all for the like like I've said. Roster, he's used right. Cool. If he goes yeah. to 205 Live, at least there's a chance. And I and I have said from the beginning, if they're going to try to do something with 205 Live, then put everything into it. And Johnny Wrestling yeah. is something you can put into it for sure. Johnny Wrestling, Ricochet, Roderick Strong. You get all these people in there with all the people that are already there. It could be amazing. I want them to work something out with Pac or with Adrian Neville or Neville or whatever the fuck you want to call him because he needs to come back and be a part of NXT or uh, 205 Live. That's just it, too. They need to bring in more feasible names for 205 Live before it's even going to look reasonable for Neville to come back. That's true. He was cruiserweights. He needs, he needs to have other sharks to swim with. That's true. Speaking of NXT... WWE.com posted a new article previewing the returning Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And it looks to confirm the following teams as tournament participants. These people are confirmed to be in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. The Authors of Pain, Heavy Machinery, Street Profits, and TM61. Now, the Authors of Pain are the defending champions of the Dusty Cup, defeating TM61 in the 2016 Finals. The winner of this year's tournament, though, will not only have their name engraved on the trophy, but they will face NXT Tag Team Champions, the Undisputed Era, or Red Dragon, as I like to call them, at NXT TakeOver Nyarlans, which is the... Now I answered my question what the NXT special is called for Mania. I wish they'd quit doing that. I liked when they had names for them instead of just the town they're in. <laughs> NXT Brooklyn, GM NXT 61. Dallas, NXT Nyalans. Any Pokemon that will the TM that teaches them the move Will-O-Wisp. Something crazy just happened there on your end, Luke. But... Cool. I like crazy. I, I live crazy. I heard Willow Wisp, and then it sounded like a fucking uh, rave song for a second. <laughs> TM61. <laughs> Any Pokemon fan knows that TM61 is the move Willow Wisp. Okay, I did hear that now. 
awesome. Okay. And Willow is a character that Brother Nero portrays. Is it coincidence? Fucking probably. So, so TM61 <laughs> are going to be Jeff Hardy's lackeys. Is what we're finding out here. They're going to be his, his. What if Willow is TM61's lackey? <laughs> I mean, Jeff Hardy's still main eventing, but Willow is their lackey on the next team. <laughs> Man, I want to see Jeff. What's the other character that Jeff did uh, in the Broken Saga? The weird one, the wacky oh, one. Oh fuck! He did Willow the Wisp. He did. Um, I know. Yeah, fuck. I know who you're talking oh, about. Oh god! Think of it. You're gonna I'm, make. I'm I gotta Google open it. Google again. Are you I gotta. I gotta. It was, uh, oh my god, Will of the Wisp, Iceman, Mean Gene Tack, The Masked Mountain, A New Frontier, fucking god, that's a lot of different characters he's been. And none of those are the ones you're talking about either. Oh. Come on, you can tell me. It's okay. It was the one he created during it. I'm gonna get there. No, he didn't. No, he didn't create it during it. It was from back in the Omega oh. time. It was not Will of the Wisp, Iceman, Mean Jimmy Jack, or Masked Mountain. Oh fuck! What was it? it was... Are you sure? I think it was Jimmy Jack. Jimmy Jack sounds right. No, it was not Jimmy Jack. Uh. Uh, folks if you know the answers give it to us in the live comments section yeah, this we need is, some love there this probably sounds very boring <laughs> I'm sorry to all of you who are listening to us and this is very boring Pacey you keep looking at it I'm going to move on a little bit uh, okay Ron R-Truth Killings has released a video on Twitter announcing that his latest single, That's Endurance, is now available online. Ron Killings has been putting out rap music since uh, before he even came to WWE, WWF. Um, everybody knows his What's Up entrance. He was R-Truth in TNA and NWA. Like we said, he was NWA champion at one point. Um, decent rapper. Itchweed. Um, Itchweed, thank you. That was what it was. Itchweed. Itchweed. <laughs> I'd like to see them all come He up. used the weed whip. He did use the weed whacker. You're damn right he did. <laughs> Uh, Brown Truth was just throwaway fodder. The, the, the big news here, and, and folks, let, let me tell you, we're going to discuss the WWE Hall of Fame inductees probably the week before WrestleMania. Uh, maybe the week before that, we'll see what, what we think we have time to fill. But I did I love feel... With e. That's endurance. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, you got to spell it with a Z. Um, But I feel we have to mention the newest That's inductee... Who is Jeff Jarrett? Yes, it's J E double F J A double R E double T double J Jeff Jarrett. 
Now, when rumors came out earlier this week that he was being talked about for the WWE Hall of Fame, I did not in the least expect him to actually be in this year's Hall of Fame. What does Kurt Angle think Uh, about this? That'll be interesting. Kurt Angle, the guy that says, hey, bring him in. No, I don't think so. Um, my opinion, the what person angles the one to induct him. Well, I was going to, I was going to say, what's, what's your pick? What's your pick on who should induct him? I know who I want to induct him. What's your pick on who should induct him? Kurt Angle. <laughs> Kurt Angle's going to give you his story. You, like it or not. Do you legitimately <laughs> want Kurt Angle? I mean, is that who you think literally, literally should induct him? Probably not. I don't know. God. I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... The best thing Jeff Jarrett ever did was turn over his Intercontinental Championship to China, and why isn't she in the Hall of Fame? I'm going to say... She's dead now. It's okay. Brian James. Brian James should induct him. Um, known most famously as Road Dog Jesse James. He was roadie when Jeff Jarrett first came out. Jeff Jarrett's biggest angle was singing um, My Baby Tonight. You know, uh, spend my day working hard and go with the hand and the clock keeps spinning too slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. And he'd always sing it, come into the ring, and then the big thing came out. It was a Millie Vanilli thing where Rhodey was actually singing it and, and Jeff Jarrett couldn't sing and they had a big feud, and then he ended up leaving. I, I think I think Jesse James, uh, Brian James, Road Dog, whatever the fuck you want to call him, he's still employed in WWE. He's a writer backstage. I think he should induct him. Um, do you think Jeff Jarrett is worth going into the Hall of Fame? No. No. Are you serious? No. Come he's on. He's burnt the company on occasions man there's been so many worse people he's one of the best intercontinental champions of all the time the only reason he's going into the hall of fame is because WWE paid for him to go to rehab that's all it takes now go to rehab on the WWE's dime get in the hall of fame okay so so let me let me play devil's advocate here not only is he he's in the talk of being one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time I would say Oh, I would say that in the talk, um, he appeared on WWE TV as NWA champion and defended the NWA title multiple times, which was the first time that ever happened. And I think the last time that ever happened, (laughs) he was WCW world champion multiple times. Despite how you think about it, he created TNA which in turn help give so many people who are in the the Hall of Fame, such as the Dudleys and Kurt Angle and Booker T and AJ, well, AJ Styles isn't in it, but um, uh, so many of them uh, gave them a platform to perform. Also, I, I just, I, I think he's a great, I think he's an underrated performer. I think most matches he's in, are solid matches. He knows psychology. And let's be honest, there are some horrible people in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's definitely not the worst person in the Hall of Fame at this time. And I'm not even talking the celebrity wing. 
Okay, so we're not talking Mr. T and fucking uh um <laughs> That's um, my favorite Hall of Fame induction of whose all time. line is it anyway? Fucking Drew Carey. We're not talking Drew them. Carey. Uh, even Drew Carey. even of the wrestlers, he's not the worst one. Coco Beware is fucking in there. There's a lot of pretty shitty pro wrestlers in the Hall of Fame as it is. If Jeff Jarrett doesn't deserve to go in there, who does? Who's done more for pro wrestling than Jeff Jarrett? Other than Vince, Vince Russo. Let's put Vince Russo in the Hall of Fame. Vince Russo Please? should go in the Hall of Fame. 100%. I'm not joking Please. about that. He should. Do it this year. Because um, this year's Hall of Fame lineup, to me, is a fucking joke. WWE, WCW... TNA, Vince Russo was involved in all of them. Why not have him? And the thing is, for me, this foreshadows something terrible. Something terrible indeed. Why would you bring in the man who stole Kurt Angle's wife, forced Kurt Angle down this deep, dark hole in which he developed a lot of issues? He did not force Kurt Angle down this hole. Kurt Angle was abusing substances long before the breakup. It's 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 been it's been publicized that's one of the reasons that she left him was because of his his pill popping and drinking. So let's I personally feel that. That this, this is going to turn into Kurt Angle being released as general manager and Jeff Jarrett taking the place. I don't think Vince is willing to look that far away. I don't think Vince will hire him. But I think it would be great. Um, Jarrett is... I'm not, not happy. I'm not pleased. Jarrett There's is a, lot a of better people. talker than what I see Kurt doing now. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, maybe Jarrett will be just as bad with what, you know, with, with what they give him. WWE give them to work with. Yeah. Exactly. He might be just as bad, but he's a better talker. And Kurt needs to get out of the GM spot so that he can be a in-ring performer. We want to see him wrestling. But I, I don't see that happening. But I think this is huge. I just I don't like I don't like it. I don't like Goldberg being inducted this year. I'm not a huge fan of of the Dudley Boys being inducted this you just, year. You're just not a you're you're a WWE fan like through and through. You always have been, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. People like Goldberg and the Dudleys deserve to be there. Don't get me wrong. But they just had runs in the last year. Yeah, to me, that's not, not special. You're not, I mean, you're... That's you're, not special to now. You're Give them a few years to kind of aid the back and then bring them in. But you got to realize also, WWE is running out of big names to put in, and they need people to... They need big names. So if they didn't have Goldberg, Jeff, who, who I would honestly they put think in? The only they're bringing him in is not because he started TNA and did all these amazing things. I think they're bringing him in because because of him, nobody is watching TNA today. Do you know why that, I think they're bringing him in? Why? I think they're bringing him in because in the next three years. Every main eventer is going to be a TNA original. Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, plus whoever's coming in. 
I think they want I, to be able it, to say his it, name. I don't have to like it. I don't, and I won't. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't have to uh, uh, completely. <laughs> um, but I, like I said, you're a WWE guy, and all of these guys made their names outside of WWE. Goldberg was a WCW homegrown guy. Jeff Jarrett was NWA, WCW, WWE, TNA. Um, the, the Dudleys were ECW. Oh, and TNA, the Dudleys did more and spent more time in TNA and had more matches in TNA than anywhere else. So they're ECW and TNA guys. They're not WWE guys. So I I get why you're not. Um, I get why you're not emotionally connected to them. But for a company I mean, that has inducted people who have never like Goldberg and. And, and and the Dudley boys, why aren't you inducting Daniel Bryan this year into the Hall of Fame? Hmm? Why aren't you doing that? Because they're trying, because they don't have, pasty, they don't have a lot of big names to induct, so they have to save them and induct one big name each year. Goldberg is the one this year. Next year will be somebody else, next year will be somebody else, but they, they got to spread them out. They're running out of people that we care about. You know what I mean? Triple H is going to be pretty soon. We know that, right? That's the problem. Because they're just now getting into inducting people that I grew up watching. And there's a lot of people who could be in there that aren't. I agree. Um, I mean, look at Demolition. Demolition should definitely be in there. Undertaker's not going to be at Mania this year, let's just say. We don't know yet or not. Okay. But if he's not, why wouldn't you induct him this year? I, I think only because he is going to be. I mean, I, I agree with you. If he wasn't, why wouldn't you? So I think that's a dead giveaway I really that he will I really hope what John be. Cena says is true. And if he loses Elimination Chamber, he's not going to be at Mania because that's oh good for God, us. Oh, my God. That's something I wanted to talk it's about. No, that's something I wanted to talk about because I love, I love the fact that, that John Cena keeps saying, if I don't win Elimination Chamber, I might not be at Mania. Motherfucker, you could show up the day of without any fucking pre-programmed schedule and get any fucking match you want. You're John fucking Cena. You're going to have a match at Mania, you dumb fucker. Nobody believes believes that fucking John Cena might not make the cut for fucking WrestleMania. Oh my god. That bothers me that he says that. The year it actually happens, I look forward to it. It's a few years away, though, Loke. Right. Well, we'd also have to get Randy Orton off the Mania card as well. Oh, my God. Let's get him out before John Cena. John Cena puts on good matches. Hey, Randy Orton has sexy hair. Uh, God, I love his hair. Does he have hair? I love it. Yeah, he's been growing his hair for a long time. We've talked about it on the show. I I don't notice it. Randy Orton's hair? John Wayne's teeth, hey John Wayne's teeth, hey But no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of uh, Jeff Jarrett being inducted in the Hall of Fame. That's what this all boils down to. A lot of people aren't, and I'm, I'm not surprised. It's really sad that he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame before China. Um, I mean, I understand. Y- yes, PDB has their issues with China. Yes, I, I Xbox, agree. As long as Xbox Stephanie's a- involved in WWE, China's not getting inducted. And that's political. And it's bullshit. 
China should have been it in is. a long time ago. And I agree with you. I agree 100% with you on that. But I do think Jeff Jarrett deserves to be in there. Even if you just looked at his WWF work, he did more than a lot of people who are already in the Hall of Fame. A lot more. I'm just, I'm not. But I, I, no, I, I see where you're coming from. And I know a lot of people are not happy about it. That's why I put it in this news segment. We haven't talked about anybody else. And I don't want to talk about anybody else until, uh, until the, the week before or, or a couple weeks before. I'd rather just talk about it then. But I thought this was worth bringing up. Big news. It was. It brought some heated debate, and that's what we love around here. Um, something Let's, that won't bring... I don't feel like he deserves more time. <laughs> that's fine. Something that won't bring heated debate. There's a good show coming out. Ring of Honor will present their annual Honor Rising weekend. All the stars of New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor will be in action, folk. The Never Openweight Championship will be defended, and the main event will see the return of the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, which many of us believe are an actual off-screen couple. Yes, folks, Kenny Omega is bisexual. I don't think a lot of people know that, Pasty. You know, you look at the man, and he doesn't really strike you that way. That's definitely for sure. But if you listen to him talk, and you see his mannerisms, like, off camera, like, like not on, like, in kayfabe and shit, definitely, definitely feasible. Okay. And he's kind of an attractive man. So, you know what I mean? So listen to this, Pasty, and just clear your mind of Kenny Omega. There's a guy who's addicted to going to the gym, has impeccable hair, and loves to wear leather. <laughs> now do you see it? <laughs> and he's also the cleaner. He loves to clean. He's a cleaner, right? He's addicted to cleaning. Um, you know, um, it's a, it's a, is they aren't they sort of thing. They have kissed many times on screen. They've been seen outside of the wrestling ring going on either dates or hanging out, holding hands, hugging, kissing. Um, I hope they're, I hope they are a couple because I think they're so cute together. I love them. If they're not, that's fine. But if they are, I right. love it. And it's great. Also, Japanese culture embraces that aspect a lot more than other oh, cultures a lot do. More. Look at the lady boys. I would fuck a lady, a lot of the lady boys over there before I'd fuck some girls in America. <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Sorry, they're so. That's just... um, so, anyways, the two night spectacular kicks off four thirty Eastern, five thirty uh, Central, and will be broadcast on NewJapanWorld.com. That's NJPWWorld.com. A couple of the matches other... that are released for zero dollars. Toa Hanrei and Katsuya Kitamaru versus. Yojiro Takahashi and Bad Luck Falei of the Bullet Club. We also have a match that sees Cheeseburger, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Delirious, who doesn't wrestle a lot anymore, so it's cool to see Delirious out there, versus the Bullet Club also, which is consisted of Tama Tonga, Tama Loga. Which is going to be an ongoing trend throughout this event. Yes. Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, and Hikulio. Uh, David Finley, who is Fit Finley's son, 
and Juice Robinson. I've never seen him fight, I don't think. Juice Robinson, who was, uh, what was it, CJ Parker in NXT? Right? Was that the yep. name? Yep. David yep. Finley and CJ Parker versus the Young Bucks. Kushida, formerly of the Time Splitters. Don't versus... know why you ever want your name to be Juice after <laughs> OJ. Versus Hiromu Takahashi <laughs> versus Flip Gordon. Folks, this is going to be the uh, the obligatory car crash uh, match. This is going to be oh, the yeah. one that you're going to see every flip, every flop, every whip, every wop. It's going to be fucking nuts. Every wop. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> no, there's going to be some Irish or some Italian <laughs> folks out there, man. There's going to be some <laughs> Italian folks out there. Trust me. I think Flip Every Gordon's one of Italian. them? Every one <laughs> is going to be there. Um... Next match is Trent Breda, Chucky T, Chuck Taylor, and Jay White versus Ryosuke Tagaguchi, Jay Lethal, and Dalton Castle, probably flanked by the boys. Who is the ROH world champion? And I'm so happy he still has it. Folks, we're going to have I didn't think he'd hold it for as long as he has. I hope he holds it for a year. Honestly, it's going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to have a never open weight championship match. The champion Hiroki Goto is going to face the Beer City Bruiser, which should be fucking good. And that championship should never be defended because it's called the never open weight challenge. That championship is never open for contesting. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Never is an acronym, folks. It's an acronym. For what? For what? I'll, I'll look it up, but let me say this last one. The last one's going to be good. We got the cleaner, Kenny Omega. We got Kota Ibushi, the two lovers, the golden lovers, and Chase Owens versus the Bullet Club, which is represented by Cody Rhodes, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page. Um, this is going to so be a good show. So I noticed that the Young Bucks weren't labeled as Bullet Club. Or elite, for that matter. Have they kind of separated themselves in this debacle? Because I haven't been following no, since the follow between. They're still Cody. both. They're yeah. still both. They're still both. Well, whose side are they on? They are on um, Cody's side. That's bad. That's bad. Um, never <laughs> is an acronym for the terms N. For New, New England Very Erotic Rampage. God damn it. That's even better than what I have. <laughs> I like the New England Very Erotic Rampage. I'm fucking, we're starting an event <laughs> yearly. It's going to take place in fucking uh, Baltimore, Maryland or something. And it's going to be the New England Very Erotic Rampage. Rampage. <laughs> where we all just fucking fuck very violently. It's no, naked um, rioting. That's what it is. It's naked rioting. It has to be in Philadelphia. The acronym for never is <laughs> N, New Blood, E, Evolution, V, Valiantly, E, Eternal, and R, Radical. New Blood, Evolution, Valiantly, Eternal, Radical. So there's a silent B in never? The V is Valiantly. I said silent B, as in boy. Why would there be a silent B? New blood. New blood isn't one word. It can't be one word. You can't just smash two words together and be like, oh, that's just one word. It's called smoosh. It's like Hill of Mountain. 
Come on. Uh, the New on. England Very Erotic Rampage coming to Philadelphia <laughs> 2018. I dig it. I dig it a lot, to be honest. <laughs> um, So I got an update on the Mixed Match Challenge. Folks, this happens once a fucking week, so I, I'm only... I think we're, we're only going to give you an update... As the brackets That's fill out. Round is out. Huh? I think every time, like, a, a, a round is capped out. Yeah, is yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is what we're doing this time. Every time the, the full bracket, or the full round, like you said, is done up, we'll give you an update on that. So, we will give you an update. Uh, week one had Finn Balor and Sasha Banks versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Natalia. <laughs> Finn Balor and Sasha Banks won that one. What was the next week, Pasty? Miz and Asuka versus Big E and Carmella. And Miz and Asuka won, as predicted. The next week, we had Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss versus Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch. And crazily, Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch. Oh, no, they didn't. It was Strowman and Bliss like we all thought. <laughs> <laughs> And the following week, we had Goldust and Mandy Rose versus and Uso and Naomi. And Uso could be any of them. <laughs> um, next, we had Elias, who is just Elias. Well, Uso fun. We didn't get to that. And uh, Bailey, who is just Bailey, versus Rusev ba- and Lana, who is just Rusev and just Lana. And just Rusev and just Lana won that one. Of course they did. And the following week we had Apollo and Jax versus Rude and Flair. What happened to the Cruz? Cruz lose. I guess. They lost his name. They lost his name. Actually, is this this is, hasn't even been brought up in the news. And I had brought it up to you to bring it up in the news. You did. Hey, get, hey, bring bring no this up real quick. I gotta I gotta jet for a sec. I'll be right back. I gotta pee. I gotta pee. My name is Fat Mac. I gotta abandon the ship. So this week it was unveiled that Apollo Crews will now just be wrestling under the name Apollo. At first I was pretty upset at this because Apollo is a horrible name. It's just God why. Why? But then it was brought to my attention that the Valentine shooting in Florida was done by a man named something Cruz. Spelled differently, mind you. More like Tom Cruise. But Vince is so enraged and infuriated, he never wants to hear the name Cruz on television again, is what I'm hearing. And therefore has changed the name to just Apollo. Usly shoving another last name down the drain. Much like Adrian Neville, Elias Sampson, Alexander Rusev, Antonio Cesaro, just to name a few. Why do people have to go by just one name? Why why is it that some people go by one name and some people have a full name? <clears throat> That's kind of my beef this week. I... It bothers me. I understand in this circumstance why it's poignant or maybe poignant, but it still still bothers me. Apollo Crews sounds way better than Apollo. 
Hey, Apollo, it's showtime. Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> Cruz can't lose. Cruz can't lose. He was finally getting over, and now, no. Vince just <laughs> has a thing against two names. He's very against having two names, which is weird because Thanks. some of some of his best acts have had multiple names. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin, four names. You got, got Hunter Hearst Helmsley, which is three names. Three names. You know, fucking, it, it's it's nuts. Brett the Hitman Hart had five names. Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels had no, five. The Heartbreak Kid, six. The Heartbreak Kid. It's fucking nuts. It's it's just fucking nuts. I don't know why he's so against multiple names. I get it's easier to market, but you, you can know? market the single name and still keep both names. Right. You just reference them as Apollo. The announcers do it all the time. Yeah. And the thing that really bothers me is the crews that did the school shooting. The name isn't even spelt the same way. No, it's no. Like it's a Z. Oh, is it an S? I thought it was a Z. I think it's C-R-U-S or C-R-U-Z. Uh, one of the... Anyways, it's not Cruz like Apollo Cruz. Not the same fucking name. Exactly. And let's just be honest. That's just his excuse. That isn't why he's with doing it. With Vince being racist <laughs> and all this racism, Apollo finally started getting over with the fans. They had the crews can't lose chant. Yep. And he shut it down. Shut it down! Stupid. They should just change his name altogether. I don't want him to be known as they Apollo. Need, they need to let him go. I mean, he's an amazing talent, but he'd do so Elias much better Samson. somewhere else. Or Elias go... Samson, when they changed his name, they should have changed it to Samson. Not Elias, I agree. Although, the thing that bothers me about the... that is his B-W-E. name. His name is Samson, S-A-M-S-O-N. But I can't help but say it with a P. Every time I say it, I say Samson. Sin. I'm, I'm just, I don't know why I can't say it without the P. I know it doesn't have a P, but that's the only way I can say it is Samson. I don't know why. Well, putting a, a P in the name would be a lot easier and less noticeable than just taking away the name. I know, you know right? what I mean? <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Swami Sal- Salamander Sw- <laughs> Samsonite. We gotta go to Aspen, Fat Mac. Exactly. Good old fucking. I'll even let you ride on the back of the mini bike. <laughs> oh, that's dumb. And dumber. And dumber. No, <laughs> <laughs> another thing that bothers me about the mixed match challenge card as of now: the Was first that? three brackets are Raw, the last three brackets are SmackDown. And it's going to come down to Raw versus... Oh, yeah. We already know that. I mean, what was my... I I don't think I have your picks. My Um, pick for winning Strowman and Bliss. I need to go back and check the complete picks. But, um... Let me look at mine. Where am I at here? Let's go to Beef Sticks. 
Uh, here we go. Let's. I wonder how my my picks stand up right now. So I had Ballerine Banks going in. I had Shinsuke and Natalia going in, so I was wrong on that. I had Miz and Asuka going in. Where did I? Wait a second. No, 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 no. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm just reading the first bracket. <laughs> what the fuck, Bubba? What kind of shit is that? You can't just read the first bracket, you dumb fucker. Oh, okay. We're on to the second bracket. I had Balor Banks and Miz and Asuka, so I was right about that. <laughs> I had Strowman Bliss and uh, Uso Naomi, so I was right about that. And I had Rusev, Lana, Rude, Flair, so I was right about that. So coming in the next week, at least what I had picked out, I have uh, Ms. Asuka winning against Balor Banks. I have Strowman and Bliss winning against Usa Naomi. I have uh, Rude and Flair winning against Rusev and Lana. And I have the fan boat, fan vote, or the boat. I mean, hop on the fan boat. Why not? <laughs> Um, Elias Sampson versus Bailey. I think they're going to get Versus Bailey? He's going to fight right. Bailey. <laughs> Fucking, I'm just going to give up, Pacey. I'm done. I started reading the first. You can't. Oh, I quit at the beginning of this show. <laughs> this is what happens when I'm so poor I can't fucking buy alcohol throughout the week. And then like two weeks go by without any alcohol. And then I drink real alcohol on the show and I'm already fucking screwing shit up at 848 folks 848 usually we'd be struggling to get the show started right now (laughs) that's the truth let's go Uh, to the elimination chamber or camber predictions either wait we're not done talking yet oh fuck okay you just gave your side of things and i feel like my second chance fan boat might change. You said boat also. And I think it's going to... Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I think um, Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch are going to be called back. I could see For that. the point that Zayn is at right... Or, yeah, the point that Zayn is at right now, I could see them being called back. I'm torn now in the finals. I know you think Miz and Oscar are going to the finals, and I think we both agree Rude and Flair are going to the finals. I think so. Let me I think... Open it back up I still... I want Strowman and Bliss to go to the finals and win it, but the ultimate match at the end would be the Miz and Asuka versus Rude and Flair. That would be the ultimate. That's what I have at the end. And I have Rude Flair going over. Do you have my picks? Or do you just not care about my opinions? I don't know that I... I, See, I (laughs) I put mine into a nice, clean fucking graphic and everything, and then you did yours on the fly during the show, and I don't know that I wrote yours Yeah, but you're usually pretty good about inputting that as we go. I usually am, and I haven't looked into it. So I'll have to go back to that show, and I'll, I'll draw you up a nice, fun graphic so that we can look at each other's and and do that. As of now, I don't think I have what you originally stated, no. That's fine. All that matters is I think we both think Ms. Oscar rude flair at the end. <sighs> and I, uh, to and be honest, I wish Ms. Oscar would win, but I think rude flair is going to. They seem to be the perfect pairing 
out of all these teams, they seem to be the perfect pairing. Yeah. Well, Stroman I mean, Bliss is a really good team, too. I don't know how Miz and Asuka are going to beat Stroman and Bliss. Unless it's just Asuka beating Bliss. That's the only way I could see it happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what I, it would be. I think be. Miz is going to spend 90% of the match incapacitated. Yep. You know, and it's interesting because if we know anything about WWE, whatever they had planned before this started will probably not be what is at the end. I mean, they change right. shit so much. Well, that's that their big thing could be anything. is to try to shuffle things around so it's unpredictable and not doing a good job at it at all. <laughs> right. <And> all... <laughs> I mean, you watched Raw. I watched SmackDown. We're probably not going to get around to talking about it. But I, I just want to put in here, since we're already on the topic of some of these people, uh, that start of the show, Kevin Owens was out talking. Um, AJ Styles was in the ring, and he's talking about how Shane McMahon is just going to come out and use his words against him and fuck him over and put him in a match without being prepared for it, and then, of course, Shane McMahon's music hits, and he puts him in the opening match of the night against um, Baron Corbin. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. No, Baron Corbin fought AJ Styles in the main event. Puts him in a match against Dolph Ziggler. Sami Zayn comes out partway through, and I kind of wasn't paying too much attention. I think Kevin Owens won, but Kevin Owens thought that Sami Zayn was out there to fuck him over because they've been having this beef that's obviously building towards WrestleMania. Right. Later on in the show, Kevin Owens is back in the locker room, and Sami Zayn comes up to him and basically says, you know, I know we've had some rough waters, but the two of us together are better than any one man in this match at the pay-per-view coming up. We're going to work together. We're going to take everybody out individually. You know, it's because of you that I'm in eventing SmackDown and headlining pay-per-views. I appreciate you for it. So what is, and, and I've always been about doing the right thing when it comes down to it at the end of the day. So what we're going to do is team up. We're going to take out everybody individually, and then I'm going to lay down for you. And all you have to do is win the championship and headline WrestleMania. That's what I want. And they hugged. But... Honestly, we all know how it's going to play out. Oh, yeah, it isn't going to go like that. It's going to happen. They're going to work together. Sami Zayn will probably lay down in the middle of the ring. Kevin Owens will go to pin him. Sami Zayn will flip it over into a package. AJ Styles will jump in, hit Sami Zayn with something, pin Kevin Owens for the win. More than likely, thus building up to Sami Zayn versus Owens at Mania. But they're not doing a good job making any of these building into WrestleMania matches predictable. Just by throwing more people into it, it's not any less predictable than it was. Yeah, you mean impredictable. They're not making it any more impredictable. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. That's all right. Yes. And with that, I think we should... uh... Okay, go ahead. say, for, for just a second before we get into Elimination Chamber, if anybody didn't watch Raw this week... Go and check it out. This is probably the best show that WWE's put on this year that is not non-pay-per-view. It was fucking awesome. It was all wrestling. There was no... There was very... uh, The the little bit of um, talking they did was during the match. They put their little (laughs) side window up and talked during the match. 
It was awesome. There was good wrestling. There was good storytelling. There was good selling. And I know, like you said, Pacey, like there was only three matches. I guess technically there was only three matches. But when you consider the gauntlet is basically six matches because it's six one-on-ones that have to end in a pinfall submission or DQ. There was six matches in just that one gauntlet besides the other two matches. Mm -hmm. And um, this is why Seth Rollins is the future of Raw. Yes. He did fucking amazing. Go to our Facebook page. I should I should go there real quick to get the exact numbers. Um, Seth Rollins spent Rollins more was time for over an hour. Yeah, I think he it was sixty two minutes. Sixty five minutes. Sixty five, yeah. And, more time uh, in, in the ring on Raw this week than Brock Lesnar has spent in the ring since he won the Universal Championship. You know exactly what I was fucking talking about. <laughs> of course. Yep. Uh, Seth Rollins' ring time on Raw was 65 minutes. Brock Lesnar's entire ring time since WrestleMania 33 has been 62 minutes. So Seth Rollins spent more in ring time on just this Raw than Brock Lesnar has since WrestleMania. And it was awesome. His match against AJ, his match against Roman, his match against Elias. They were all good. It told a great story. And I think it I think it set everybody up where they want them to go. I think it took I think out the problem well. with it, and I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I read it. I read all about it multiple times on different occasions. I caught some YouTube videos spotlighting it. Yep. I think the issue with the gauntlet match was the order the contestants came out. And I, you know, it would have been think much more went... epic to have that more towards the end. And then you have Braun Strowman come out and destroy Rollins at the end. Yeah, and everybody what, is happy. What good the is problem it to here have Rollins? Is they painted the picture where Roman Reigns was eliminated first. Why is that a problem? Sorry. Oh, isn't that what we want? Going into a pay-per-view, the guy with the least amount of steam generally is the guy who's going to win at the pay-per-view. And Roman Reigns was out first. And he's, and he's going obviously going to win the pay-per-view. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah, so why is me, that wrong? that's a problem. It's a problem. I don't why know. Why is that a problem? Just you just said the guy that has the least steam is going to win, and the guy that got eliminated first was Roman Reigns, and we think he's going to win. Yeah, that's a problem. Why is that a... You just it's... said that's what you you want. No, that's not what I want. You just said it's that. That's not what I want. That's how... No, I'm saying my problem is that's how they're writing it. And that's how they've been writing it forever. And to me, they're trying to make it less predictable, and it's not. It's not, not at all think, less predictable. Do you not think having Rollins beat both Reigns and Cena, and be 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 mindful, it was about an hour, so it was almost thirty minutes each match. Isn't an right. awesome push for for Rollins as the the guy for Raw? I think this proved that Reigns and Cena are not the guys. It's Rollins. And then you add Elias go over Rollins, which I think is good because I think it's okay for Rollins to lose to Elias after losing, after beating. Especially since Elias is going to be the last man entering an elimination chamber and he'll probably be eliminated within two minutes of entering the ring. And then you had Miz (laughs) beat Elias and then you had Strowman beat Miz and he took out the Miz Taraj and he did his whole thing where he power slammed all three of them four times. I think it told to me watching it 
I thought it told the perfect story. Like, I sat here watching it like, oh my god. This is what I want to see going in to Elimination Chamber. It told me everything I needed to know going into it. I love, I loved it. The only thing I didn't love is Cena coming on there saying, if I don't win Elimination Chamber, I probably won't get into WrestleMania. Shut up, dude. All you got to do is walk into the door the day of fucking WrestleMania and you can do whatever you want. If you want to walk into the middle of the fucking ring and fucking jack off while you're fucking twirling the beard of an Iranian man who's fucking playing a fucking key fucking key guitar, a keyboard guitar, you can do it. You can do it. You're John Cena. Fuck you. You can do it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. But otherwise, I, I honestly, I... I implore you, Pasty, and anybody watching this who didn't see Raw, go back and watch it. I don't know what the um, Hulu version looks like. I guess that would be interesting. I watched I, I watched the legitimate version because I wanted to see everything. Right. And I enjoyed the whole thing. It was three matches. It was only, like you said, it was it was only technically three matches. It was the gauntlet match. Then it was the tag team match, which was um, Titus Worldwide versus oh, who beat him? Whoever beat him, I don't remember what tag team it was. <laughs> oh, the bar, the bar, and that was okay. that was a throwaway match. That's that's pointless. And then there was a women's match. It was three on three, and it was the the faces versus the heels, and that one was actually really good. I thought so. I don't know. I, I recommend going and watching at least the gauntlet match. I honestly feel this was the best TV show that WWE has put on this year and probably for a while. As far as wrestling. I've heard lots of that. I've heard lots of that. It's just, you know, I read about it and at that point I'm like, okay, I don't need to watch it. I, I, I probably will go back and watch it. I think you do need um, to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pasty with the unpopular opinion, you know, once it's ruined for me, it's ruined for me. I already know what happened, and right. I can picture it in my head good enough. I hear you. <laughs> but um, I do have to also regretfully inform you that the, the the new day has fallen victim to the the recent graphic spree going through WWE. Oh, God. Yep. When are they gonna get Text rid of this? Emojis. It's so terrible. Who thinks this so is terrible. a good idea? One cool thing saying SmackDown, mm. it goes into the rant I had last week about people who are established wrestlers who beat other established wrestlers and then fight fucking local jobbers. The Bludgeon Brothers fought a couple of wacko yahoos. Nobody knows who they are. Fuck them. Who cares? Stupid. I hate it. I hate it. You've already beat people. Keep beating people who matter. What's the fucking point? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's okay I, I, when you're building up a new character after you've fought somebody legitimately. You don't need jobbers anymore. I, I agree with you. But I like. I, I like having the jobbers. I like having the people that they can beat who doesn't hurt anybody else. I like having local talent to just tear through. But like you said, once you start facing the legitimate contenders, you can't go back to jobbers, or you look weak. As a team yeah. or as a person or yeah. as a wrestler or as a talent or as a performer, you look weak. 
And granted, the Bludgeon Brothers looked all right, of course, because it's against of a course. couple of wacko jobbers. Nobody gives a shit about them. My favorite thing, though, was they were outside the ring. Rowan power slammed one of them on the ground. I don't know that you call it a power slam. He picked him up like a power slam, then kind of dropped him instead of slamming. <laughs> and then Harper power slammed the other one, or the second guy on top of the first guy. And then Rowan picked up Harper and power slammed him onto both guys. I loved it. That made me happy. They've done that before, <laughs> and I like that. I like that finisher yeah. where he power slams is. his partner onto the victim. Yeah, I, I like that. I like when, when psychotic tag teams use their allies as weapons. It's good yes, stuff. it is good. Um, so we're past our two-hour mark, Pasty, so let's get into the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Which looks very sad and empty. It it does, and I guess that's because everybody's in the chamber. I don't know. Um, first of all, we got the Ronda Rousey contract signing. Do you have anything to say about I, that? First, before we get into this, give me a second. Give me a second. Because originally, Ronda Rousey was supposed to sign her contract at WrestleMania. Oh, originally, yes. Pictures came out this week. Pictures came out this week of SmackDown of of the crowd area behind the hard cam, and of course, this is There's nothing nobody new. Nobody there. But it was very, very empty. Yes. Also, there is ticket websites selling elimination chamber tickets at buy one get one free to try to get people into the building for this pay per view because they've been selling so poorly. Yes. So they bumped up Ronda Rousey's contract signing to Elimination Chamber. It's just terrible. And it's just because they're like, oh, let's let's try to make it unpredictable. And everybody's like, fuck you. We know what's going to happen. And you, you know, know what? You've got to do a good I, show. I, I, hate to, I hate to bring up shit. I, I hate to deviate from what we're talking about because we're already past due. But this comes back to the whole... Let's make every pay-per-view fucking multi-brand because nobody's coming to our pay-per-views. This isn't the reason. People aren't going to come just to see Ronda Rousey contract signing. No, you need good fucking matches between people we care about. That's how you get people there. It isn't this stupid shit. Ronda Rousey's contract signing is not going to make you money. I would least, love to get myself a buy one, get one free ticket to the event, though. Shit. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, man. You buy one, I'll get one free. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're buying the plane ticket, motherfucker. I'll, 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 I'll buy something. Uh, we got Woken Mad Hardy versus the Eater of Pins, Bray Wyatt. What do we see here, Pasty? I'm, I'm conflicted on this I don't care because it's look. not the big one. It's not going to be their pre-recorded match we've all been waiting for. Of course, they're going to hold that off for Mania. If it even happens, we don't know. I'm sad. This whole I, thing makes me sad. I hope it sad. doesn't last till Mania. I am Is so that horrible? <laughs> so sad. Is it horrible? I don't want this to last till Mania, Pasty. I've never not cared about Bray Wyatt more. I've never cared about not cared about Broken Matt Hardy more. I don't care. This is just stupid. It's dumb. I can. And if it's just a regular match, nobody's gonna give a fucking shit. So where does that put us? Um. 
I'll say this. How, how about this? I'll go first if you want me to. I'm gonna I'm gonna Bray go Wyatt. with uh, Bray Wyatt. I I think the Eater of Pins will actually get this one because I think when it actually matters, he won't get it. Right. How does that right. Sound? Yep. You want to go with that also? Okay. Doesn't it break your heart how much you don't care about this anymore? You know what? These two people I should fucking be ecstatic about seeing. And yes, it breaks my heart as a pro wrestling fan that I don't give two shits or a fuck, not even and, or a fuck about this match. It is disgusting that it's come to that. Honestly. Uh, next, we have a grudge match. It's Asuka versus Nia Jax. And if Nia Jax wins, she is going to be added to the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. This is fucking stupid, too, because you're not going to break Asuka's streak before Mania. It's not going to happen. Nia Jax is not going to win. It's fucking dumb. Fucking dumb. Try harder. Yeah, you and I are both again on the same page on there. That's not gonna happen. We're gonna be it's gonna be the same throughout the entire fucking pay per view. <laughs> we're, we're not gonna have any differences. Actually, you know what? This might be the pay per view. Um I mean, you know you know what we need to do, Pasty? Um, you and I need to hook up um uh, during the pre show. Because with only Four matches, there has to be more matches released. You and I need to hook up during the pre-show and make a few uh, predictions during the pre-show because there's got to be more matches that are going to be released between now and then. Because I think you're right. I think you and I are going to predict the exact same for every match here. Um, And I say that as I'm filling in mine because I'm not ashamed because I think... You're going to pick the same thing. Honestly, I kind of wonder if maybe we should start pay-per-view live streaming our reactions. Because we've got a lot to talk about while shit's going on. How are we going to live stream people both do it. of us? Well, I could do it on my end. You don't have to spreaker it. We could just do it as a YouTube exclusive. Okay. I'm down with that. I'm definitely down with that. I mean... The kids will relatively be in bed. Won't somebody uh, of think of the kids? <laughs> Sorry. Of course, Kirsten will be in the background, but that'll be fine. It'll be Fuck cool. Kirsten. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> and if we don't live stream it, we should at least Skype and link up and watch the show I together. I'm, I've, because I've WWE planted that, that seed you... in my brain I've back when they released that. I've talked about that before, Pasty, and you shot me down. <laughs> I've talked about it. We could always just record it and fucking put it out later, too. You got you got your fucking shit. Yeah, we'll figure something right. out. Nonetheless, what do, what do you got going on with uh, Elimination Chamber women? I mean, are we picking order of elimination or just the winner? Just the winner at this point. Okay, Bliss. Yep, that's what I got. And you got the same person as me for Elimination Chamber, Roman Reigns. I think everybody in America has the same pick. 
So, uh, I think since the first time since Beefsticks Podcast has been a thing, we have exactly the same fucking picks. Usually we at least make an effort to pick differently, even if we know we're going to be wrong. Yeah, we have at least one different, but there's nothing... But this is just stupid. There's nothing else you can pick at this point. Maybe, I mean, okay, maybe Woke and Matt Hardy will win this one. So there's no reason he can't. But that's the best you could do. And my heart still wants to say maybe Braun Strowman wins Elimination Chamber, but I really... Can't see that on paper. I don't think he deserves another shot at Brock Lesnar right see, now. I'm thinking... I think maybe Strowman's going to peel the championship off of Roman. Maybe on the Monday Raw afterwards. See, I'm thinking the opposite. I was thinking maybe Sasha could be the only other person who might win other than who we picked. Like maybe no, Sasha Banks wins Sasha against... Sasha Bailey are going to have a WrestleMania match. You know I, that. I believe... Th- yes, I believe that. Yes. But... Um, you know what, going forward, let, let me say this, let me say this, going forward, Braun Strowman, Elias Sampson, and The Miz, uh, they're gonna be the ones that fucking take this company into the future. Yeah. Elias has built up so much fucking steam since he came up on Raw. I never thought it was going to be anything like this for Elias. He's done better than he should have done. Better than he should have done. It's great, and I love him. I love him. He's going to get eliminated in two minutes. Less than maybe. (laughs) You know what I want, though? You know what I want? I want, because he's the last one to come out, right? He won that? I want him to be playing his guitar the whole time in his chamber. (laughs) That's what I fucking want. I want him playing the guitar the whole time in his chamber. He can do that, but then Braun Strowman's got to break through his thing, and he's got to come out before the last play. You know what I mean? Braun's like, fuck your guitar. Fuck. He doesn't break the glass. He just flips the chain. Some of my ankles. Right? (laughs) That'd be cool. I do, though. I want him to play the fucking guitar the whole time, that fucker. Okay, Pacey. And yeah, it's just dumb, but it's a super match. It's, it's, just, it's a dumb pay-per-view. It's stupid that, I mean, and we, even, we even talked about, they had the the whole fucking thing about who's who's number one in the thing. Well, once you have three people, three people are number one in the fucking chamber. You dumb fuckers. <laughs> it's not like number one and number two is any different. Or number three. You right. twats. Maybe if you're the first person to be released from a cell. Yeah, that makes a difference. But the number one slot means nothing. Even if there isn't three people in the ring. Because there's still a number two guy who's in the ring right off the bat. Yeah, that's always bothered <laughs> me stupid. about about uh, the Royal Rumble. But I, I, I'm willing to look past it a little bit. But once you add one more person, it's like, no. Shut up. Shut the fuck up! Yeah. You gotta make it less predictable. You're not You're not helping you're anything. Not. We know it's Roman's dumb. winning. It doesn't matter what happens between point A and point fucking F. Point F is Roman winning. So it doesn't matter what happens in between there. I actually have, I have a speculation prediction. What was that, Mindcat? Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins work together... 
to take out Braun Strowman. He's eliminated. Roman Reigns, out of the blue, takes out Rollins in an instant. So do you Hits want him to... with the Superman punch, spear out of nowhere. So do you want to put buddy, that on buddy. a uh, a a two to point five ratio, like like we've determined now? I can do that. That'll at least set us apart a little bit. That will. So so, what is your two to point five ratio? Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins eliminate Braun Strowman, only for Roman Reigns to hit Seth Rollins with the Superman punch and or spear right away immediately after and put him out right afterwards. Okay, Roman and Rollins eliminate Strowman only to have... What happened? Roman Reigns, out of nowhere, with one of his finishers, defeats Seth... Er, takes Seth Rollins out of the match. Only if, to have Roman Reigns take Rollins out. Okay, that gives us a 2 to point five. So, so that match is the only thing that's going to determine Rumble. who wins. Just like at Royal Rumble, that friendly competition, like, oh, you motherfucker. Yep, that I hear you. Thing is gonna happen. So that's that's the only thing that will <laughs> determine whether one of us wins or loses. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. I Yeah, I don't even have anything I can think of for that. I mean, I normally like to, but nah, I don't, I don't have any super extras. Super extra! All right, mine Loke. We're a little past our time, but that's fine because we're gonna rhyme. Right. We still started early, finished early. It works. We didn't Two hours early. and fifteen minutes. We, we Ain't no slow. thing, but a bang. But it's awesome. Yes. Good shit. I love everyone out there. Thank you for thanks tuning, tuning in. in. Beef sticks podcast. Love you like a lousy Either we'll see you on Sunday or we won't. We'll probably see each other though. So, yes. yeah. And I think. Damn it, it's not. I put the stipulation on, so that fucks that. I was going to put a double Dutch rudder on the line if, if we're wrong across double the board on Double Dutch rudder! <laughs> How about this? With how about eyes, I, eyeballs. How about this? How about this? If you lose, you give yourself a Dutch rudder, and if I lose, I give myself a Dutch rudder. Okay. <laughs> so one of us is whacking off. Exactly. I mean, I'm doing that <laughs> right after I. I mean, I'm doing this right after I shut this off. Also, but <laughs> still. <laughs> I got I got hot horny Asian housewives fucking bookmarked waiting for us to just fucking stop <laughs> this right now. But yeah. you know, hey kids. What what? Are you done? Now I'm on a list, Loke. Now I'm on a fucking list. <laughs> the All episode right, just I, gets darker and. Darker. I, I think we need to. I think we need to go seriously. <laughs> yeah. All right, TTFN, folks. Uh, I shut it.